You are in tune to Radio 2050, intersection of Chicano arts, community, and politics. I'm your host today, DJ Astrid Parrot, and we have. Uh, I feel like I've been. I feel like I've done this before somewhere. We have an incredible multimedia artist and curator and teacher and skating activist, I guess. We have Al Seven inside the studio with us. Al Seven is involved at the Gote Institute in LA, writing an inclusive mobility for all, an exhibition curated by Al Seven with an opening on Friday, March 3rd, 2023 at 5 p.m. This exhibition runs all the way till April 22nd and is by appointment only. And the opening on March 3rd is at 1901 West 7th Street, Suite A and B in Los Angeles. Admission is free, but you have to RSVP. <laughs> to RSVP, you go to skatingismedicine.com. Welcome to the studios, or should I say back to the studios, Al7, our guest. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be back here at KUCR. This used to be my stomping grounds in the early 2000s. Grateful to have a reason to come back. Yeah. Of course, you were born and raised here in Riverside and made your way various points throughout the whole globe. But now you're back based out of Riverside. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about that in, in a second. But what I want you to do is I want you to kind of break down what writing inclusive mobility for all that exhibition is about since you're the curator. Explain that to our listeners. Thank you. Writing is the third chapter in a series of exhibitions that I've done since 2011. The first one was at Grand Central Art Center in 2011 called Ride. The second one was in Senegal, Dakar, called Ride Worldwide. And this one is called Riding, Inclusive Mobility for All. And it will be at MacArthur, in MacArthur Park at the Gota Institute. It's being funded by the Friends of the Gota, which is mostly directly funded from the people of Germany. Wow. Tell us a little bit about what the goal of the exhibit is and maybe some of the artists you want to break down who the artists involved with this project. So in 2011, while I was planning the original exhibition, I was commute roller skating. And I was getting my master's degree while commuting by skates. And through commuting, I got to see all of the relationship between these communities and mobility, whether it was skateboarding, roller skating, cycling, public transportation, or even riding through culture. I saw these connections between everybody and how they used their mobility for their identity. Hmm. Are the, the art pieces that are exhibited inside here, are they actual ways of transporting or are they just representations? Everything in this exhibition is related in somehow to riding or movement. So we will have some lowrider bikes that will be on display, but we will also have just paintings of people skating or even the people who may not have skating or a bike in there, but they are riders. And so just the fact that they are riders and showing their work, it relates to what we're doing in that way. 
let's highlight a couple of the artists that are inside the exhibit. Okay. One of the artists that I'm really happy to be showing is Anna Roschker. She's out of Berlin. And the Goethe Institute also sent me to Germany. And through Germany, I actually got connected to the skate community there. And through the skate community, I found Anna. And her work just blows my mind. It's not always skate-related, but there are themes of feminism and themes of uh, empowerment or fighting suppression and oppression. And then there is also really fun stuff in skate-oriented artwork. So we're going to be making prints for her. She's mostly a digital artist, so we'll be posting up her art there. Another artist that I'm very happy to be showing is Gavin Bird, who is from Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. But when I lived in rural Mississippi, I got to meet Gavin over there. At first, he didn't have any confidence in his art. He was a great skateboarder, but didn't really believe that he had any potential for an exhibition. And I curated an exhibition in Mississippi, showed his work, and from there, he just blossomed. Now he has murals all across the South. Another artist is Jay Reed, who's out of Orange County. Jay is a, another digital artist who does portraits of black culture and car culture, really soulful designs. And I've always been really ex- impressed with the execution of his images. Jessica Jirsa. I met Jessica when she lived in South Dakota virtually. I met her virtually. And she moved from South Dakota to Oakland. And she was a roller skating artist already in South Dakota. But then when she moved to Oakland, she started to do roller skating tours of the murals in the Mission District. And she has also done similar things like me as far as activism, bringing awareness through skating, but more like long distance skating. And so she can do like plein air and paint while she's there at the skate park and paint the people skating at the skate park. So she'll have some stuff there. Corey Obendorfer is out of Washington, D.C. And although he's not a rider, he's not a skater. But the way I found him was that he painted these huge murals, uh, like 30-foot murals of roller skating, of roller derby girls throughout these museums in Washington, D.C. And his installations were just expansive, like Candyland. You know, you could just get lost in this wonderland of candy and roller skaters He was in the original exhibition, so I'm really glad to have him back in this one. And Pep Williams is a photographer, but also an original Dogtown skater out of Venice Beach. And photographs a skate culture and a gang life and just really things that people don't have access to unless you're around that culture. And because he has access to it, his images are pretty sought after because of, in fact, he just had a show in London. He opened last Wednesday. And my cousin, Carlo Roque, she's a muralist out of Orange County and a much better illustrator than I am. Here I thought I was going to go to school to be the muralist. I ended up going to school to be a curator. 
and she's now the muralist. But what's awesome is that I always dreamt of going to school with a family member. So when I got accepted to Cal State Fullerton, I thought, oh, I'm leaving all my family to go over there to go to Cal State Fullerton. And next thing I know, my cousin Carla is taking classes with me. <laughs> and it, it just fits so well. So I actually did have a dream dream of mine come true, and that was to go to school with a family member. And then, of course, Darren DeLeon, who is a poet and my mentor from high school, and Darren is submitting a hey, zine. Yeah, a one-page zine, I understand. A one-page zine, In fact, yes. that guy, he hosts a radio show at KUCR. At KUCR. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> that, if anyone, that's me. That's me. And it's going to be a one-page poetry thing. But we, you're listening to the voice of Al Seven. Howard. We're talking about writing, inclusive mobility for all. And Al Seven, she is a curator for this. And there's going to be an opening night on Friday, March 3rd at 5 p.m. at the Goethe Institute LA, which is located at 1901 West 7th Street, Suite A and B in Los Angeles. And since it's at MacArthur's Park, you can get there via the Metro and there's free parking, but you gotta go to skatingismedicine.com to get more of that information. You know, I want to talk a little bit about you because this is gonna be a powerful exhibition, but the only way anyone can put together a powerful exhibition is that if they themselves contain that power. And that's something that I believe that you have. I mean, I've been witnessing this for close to 20 years now, the, the way that you've been operating as a skater, as an artist, and as someone who is an advocate, not only for women and young girls, but also for the, I don't know if you want to call it the sport or the recreational activity of skating. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you do and why you do? Oh, sure. So I accidentally found skating in the skate parks. I didn't see it online. I didn't go to any social media page and get inspired. Oh, I want to do that move. I'd never seen anybody do it before. Maybe when I was a little girl, you know, I may have had some kind of subconscious memory there somehow. But when I was staying in Oakland at your place one weekend, and I think we rode up together from SoCal to Oakland. You're like, hey, you want to ride with me? Sure, I'll ride with you. Because I don't, I, I wasn't driving at that time. So I, I rode with you up. And then my friend Romy said, hey, do you want to go to the skate park with me? And I was like, the skate park? Not really. And then she wanted to be there at 8 in the morning. I said, at 8 in the morning? And I thought, well, man. And I had just had my heart broken by a girl, to tell you, at, at that time. And I was like, well, what else am I going to do? I don't have anything else to do right now. I need to do so. I need to get myself and get out of this house. I need to go do something. So we went over there, and I started skating, and she was skating. There was three teenagers there. And they were pointing at her, look, look at that girl, look, she's, that's your girlfriend, that's your girlfriend, making fun of my friend Romy. And she was not even paying any attention to them at all. And I was like, wow, she's not letting them bother her. And that was the thing. I've always wanted to skate skate parks, but I, I never allowed myself to because I was so intimidated by the guys there. Because I, I was like, oh, they're going to knock me down. They're going to make fun of me. Well, once I saw that she was putting up with it, I was like, well, if she can put up with it, I can put up with it. And then as I was skating around that day, I was like, I don't even think I've seen anybody do this. So if I get good at it now, I'm 
going to be one of the leaders of this 10 years down the line. And that's exactly how it happened. So what what type of skates do you actually use? Are you line? Or are you okay. line skates? Or are you eight wheels? So I use quads. but And I have to thank roller derby because I really have not been involved in roller derby in probably 15 years. But I tried it one time. And again, this has something to do with the culture and identity because I was invited to roller derby for a while because I already skated on blades, right? Mm -hmm. And I had no interest in roller derby because I was like, oh, that's a white girl thing. I'll support them because I love skating, but I don't want to do anything, have anything to do with that. (laughs) So I wanted so badly to go to the skate park, but I couldn't even do my blades in the skate park. I tried one time and I ate it bad, like two or three times in a row. And I was like, I'm never coming back here. So dropping in was my biggest fear, like bigger than diamond an airplane crash, like bigger than failing out of school, like my biggest fear. So when I went to roller derby and they ended up switching me to quads and I started commuting by quads. Which roller team was it? Prison City Derby Dames out of Chino because that's where the women's prison is. So that got me to skating quads. And while I was commute skating, I gave up driving for five years. And I started commuting by roller skates. And for the first two years of those five years, I was made fun of. I was laughed at. People laughed at me and told me I was wearing my grandma's skates and all of this Mm, other kind of stuff, you know. But it built up my muscles enough to be able to handle the speed for dropping in. And rollerblades are like a motorcycle and roller skates is like a car. Mm -hmm. So I guess the translating it to my body motion and the dropping in was just more natural than rollerblades. I just didn't know any better. So Mm -hmm. thank you roller derby for that. Okay, so I want to talk about a little bit about that experience about dropping in. You're talking about going into the skating bowls. Most time we see, you know, young men or young people at at the minimum, mm-hmm. and not a lot of uh, females at all. But I think that maybe the last maybe five years that has slowly been changing, and now we can really see the difference in that. I I personally credit you for a lot of it because of your presence on social media. And also your classes that you teach. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about classes, what, what you'd like to do with classes while teaching young women or women in general about skating in the bowls. Well, first, let me explain it this way. When I first started, there was 125 people worldwide who roller, roller skated on quads in the pool, in, in skate parks. Okay? Male and female? Male and female. Eight women. Eight. Eight women. Eight women. I was one of the eight women. Okay. Eight women. And it reminded me of uh, being indigenous because you almost had your indigenous culture wiped out by Mm -hmm. the popularity of something else. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what happened with roller skating in the parks. You know, the popularity of skateboarding and rollerblading took over and roller skating became such a tiny, tiny little community, almost completely wiped us out, non-existent. 
So when I found the community, it was like finding my family, like, wow, I belong somewhere. And so I decided whatever I have to do to make this community grow, I will. That's why I used to go and beg people, please go to the skate park with me. Please, I'll teach you. I'll show you anything. And nobody would come. Nobody. They would, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. And they, they wouldn't show up. I mean, oh, that happened at man. least for like two years. Well, my third year, I actually got an internship in Seattle, Washington. And uh, of course, I had no interest in doing what they gave me for the internship. But I was, just wanted to keep going to the skate parks. Seattle has an amazing skate park. So I'm over there training in the skate parks. And one little girl came by with her dad. And her dad was like, hey, can you teach my daughter how to do that? And I was like, yeah, right, dude. You just want my phone number, whatever. <laughs> I didn't believe them because people kept telling me, yeah, yeah, I'm going to show up. And they would, never would. Yeah. He's like, no, really? How much would you charge? And I was like, charge? <laughs> as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh, $10 an hour? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay, cool. She has two more friends and we'll bring her two friends too. Mm-hmm. So next thing, yeah, so next thing I know is like I had three kids for one hour. And, You're rich. I was rich, <laughs> yeah. You're skater, you're skater rich. <laughs> you can say it, skater rich is, is true. <laughs> and, and next thing I, and I was only at that internship for three months. So by the end of my internship, I had like, almost 20 students that's how bad people wanted to learn Uh, and I thought whoa there's something to this and next thing I know is like I just kept going back to Seattle and kept going back to Seattle and kept going back to Seattle and I and I ended up having the very first skate camp roller skating skate park camp in the country wow for the pools for a pool specifically you are listening to the voice of Al Seven who is the curator for the exhibition Riding Inclusive Mobility for All, which is going to happen at the Gote Institute, L.A. Opening night is on Friday, March 3rd at 5 p.m. The Gote Institute is located 1901 West 7th Street, Suite A and B in Los Angeles. You can get there via metro, buses. You can ride out on your own. In fact, I'll be riding out. I'll be arriving at Union Station and riding out there because I could take the metro, but I'd rather ride. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I wanted to let you know that before the opening, we're going to be on the rooftop of the World Trade Center riding the L.A. World Trade Center, having a skate disco up there. So anybody with wheels is welcome. And then we're going to ride into the gallery and be into the gallery Where's the, Rail, the World into, Trade Center now? Downtown LA. How far? Um, but how far is it from? It's the... only like a thirteen-minute walk, so it's like a five-minute ride. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. What time is that gathering? Start? That gathering starts at five, and then everybody goes from there into the exhibition space. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about how you've been able to merge the art of bull riding on quads into actual an actual art practice how do you how have you managed to exist in both of those worlds okay well i'd have to go back to the story of my great great grandmother who was a yaki indian and she was eight months pregnant and decided to leave the sonoran desert Mm -hmm. for nogales arizona 
And she walked all the way over there, eight months pregnant. I researched it, and it takes two days for that walk. Wow. And I remember hearing that story and thinking, well, if she could do that pregnant with no car, no street lights, no roads, no nothing, then I can do that and get to school, get to work. I can get off my lazy butt, get to the bus or train. Yeah, it kind of started based off of hearing these stories of my ancestors. And then while I was earning my bachelor's degree, I should say, in drawing and painting, I was looking for exhibitions for one of the artists that I helped promote during that time, Doug Miles, who is an Apache skateboard artist. Mm -hmm. Nobody was taking his art seriously. Nobody was taking me seriously. I said, I have to get this certificate. I thought it was just a certificate from Cal State Fullerton. I didn't realize it was a master's degree. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I have to do it because otherwise no one's going to take me seriously when I want them to look at the artists that I want to promote. So I started to take a couple classes. And as I was taking the classes, I thought, wow, yeah, I could get my master's degree in this. So I gave up. I and mean, it was my dream to become a famous muralist, a famous artist, right? Like Siqueiros. That was what Siqueiros was, was my goal. And I thought... I, the best thing for me to do is to give up my dream of being a famous artist and going into curating so I can help these artists get into galleries and museums. So that's kind of how it merged. I don't have to have a car payment. I don't have to be trapped in this world where I felt I didn't really want to be stuck in traffic on the 91 freeway for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I would go to school with somebody who lived in Long Beach, but because you have to fit within the amount of time to get from, from point A to point B, I got to wake up earlier. I got to be able to skate, be on skates at 6.30 in the morning. And be awake to move. And not just move, but move with weight on your back. And I didn't think anything of it until I was actually being recruited for my PhD here at UCR when they were saying, you know, indigenous people have done that for centuries. And I said, what? They said, yeah, they could walk from here to Colorado and no big deals. Like the entire tribe would go, Really? Wow, no wonder I don't want to use a car. So I, I call these my foot wheels. There we go. Yeah, and so my foot wheels, they get me around. And, and it's the merge of the, the way indigenous people got themselves around and instead of sitting. Because we come from a sit culture, which is, it's an unhealthy culture. Sit in front of the TV, sit down and eat, sit down. Sit down for everything. Yeah, that, yeah. Sit down for entertainment, yeah. sit down for transportation, sit down for work, sit down yeah. for convenience. Sit down for a conversation when you can <laughs> just take a walk and have the same conversation. Yeah. yeah exactly. You know, you talked about uh, getting around. You also talked about Germany. Where has skating taken you? Well, I actually went to Dakar, which I had mentioned to do my second exhibition, Ride Worldwide. 
Talk about that, because that was the exciting exhibition. Yeah, and there's actually a documentary on it on YouTube that you can see. I went there. I, f- I found this community of skaters in West Africa, and I was like, there's this community of skaters. Most of them were bladers. What, what were you doing in West Africa? West Africa? Well, uh, because of the skaters. So I went to, and they, they said, oh, hey, we have this Biennale because they speak French there. And, and it, it, every two years they have a Pan-African exhibition where Africans from all over the world go and people of African descent go and display their artwork or exhibitions there. So I took writing uh, over there. I wrapped it up in a container and printed everything, printed out the art, all the artists. Instead of lowrider bikes, we had lowrider bike photography. And instead of paintings, I printed the paintings and just put it in a tube and put it up at twice, twice, because I was there for two months. Mm. The first location we created, I put up walls and put up the artwork. And from that location, we took down the art then turned those walls into ramps. And then everybody was skated the ramps. And the second exhibition, we installed the work. We had the same artist from the original exhibition ride. I broke my arm and not even doing anything crazy. I was just skating on flat. My arm slipped out and it popped and it stayed in my skin. But everybody was freaking out and I had to walk through Senegal with a broken arm for like two weeks before I even got to see a doctor to get to get help and and everybody was like you should not be outside because you are a white woman with a broken arm and I was like oh not a white woman I'm not a white woman and they were like still you're not black and I was like okay you're right I'm not black so I guess so I stayed in a lot and being a skater you know that was depressing so I felt like I needed company, and I found a little baby kitty, and the little baby kitty kept me company over there. I adopted him and brought him back to the U.S. Bijou, bijou. What's special about that ramp that was built in the car? Uh, oh, that ramp was built in two days with a handsaw and a mallet and glue. The woodworker just <laughs> handsaw the whole thing. And all the local artists came and painted on the ramps there. Was that the first ramp that was in in that country? It was the first portable skate park in that country. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We're listening to the voice of Al Seven. and The exhibition that she curates is called Writing, Inclusive Mobility for All, with an opening night on March 3rd, 2023, at the Gauté Institute LA, which is located 1901 West 7th Street, Suite A and B in Los Angeles. You have to go to skatingismedicine.com to get an RSVP because admission is free and the exhibition itself goes on all the way till April 22nd. So back to the exhibition, what would you like for the viewer when they come into the gallery and they see the exhibition, if they participate in the World Trade Center roller disco up on the Uh roof before and Uh the ride-in, Um, Uh what type of experience and what would you like for the viewer to take away from the exhibit? Anytime I do an exhibition, it's an immersive experience. So it's not just about, oh, let's go up and walk and look at the painting on the wall. No, like you are actually going to be surrounded and involved within the exhibition, within the art. The viewer becomes just a part of what's already there. 
So what I'm looking for is for people to be able to be inspired to continue to ride, because if I can do it, then they can do it. Whether it's through low rider bike culture, skateboarding, roller skating, even just using public transportation, because a lot of elderly people are going to look at me, well, I can't do that, you know? Yeah, but there's public transportation that really empowers people who may have disabilities or maybe elderly or even young people who can't drive yet. So that's part of why I really have an emphasis on more public transportation in this exhibition. Being here in Riverside, we really don't have access to quality sidewalks, quality public transportation. And the way the city is set up, we're capable of it. Uh, we have a center. We have a downtown center and a hub. So you can get off at any freeway that surrounds us and get to anywhere. We're very central, but we just don't have access to these things. I'm not just looking for it for Riverside. I'm looking for it for any major city across the U.S., even in rural areas, because I've had I lived in rural areas and it was impossible for me to skate from where I lived to where I worked. But even there, I've seen people use electric skateboards and an electric skateboard wheel to get around in rural areas. So, you know, it's definitely possible in whatever environment you are around the world to empower yourself through a type of mobility besides a car. Yeah. And that awareness about how do you get around? How does the way that you get around express who you are, but also where you're going? Because you always have a destination. It's really empowering to learn about yourself. Me, personally, I'm a biker. That's why I'm part of this exhibition. I ride my bike. I hate gasoline. So it fits. But I think all these artists, and as you're talking about some of them and talking about your own experience, it seems that especially your travels, not only within the country, but maybe outside of the country too, have connected you to these people. And a lot of times when curious or true artists, they sometimes they don't really have that strong personal connection. But for you, it seems that. Well, for me, when I go out, I'm looking to make long-term connections. When I travel, I'm looking to find those people who I can bring into my tribe because a lot of my culture is constantly shifting and changing and transforming where I, it's so hard for me to remember who I am. But if you make these friends from all over the world and bring them into who you are and can identify through something that really empowers you, mm -hmm. you can share that with other people. And I, I feel like that's why people recognize what I do. And so they're inspired by that. And that's how we blew up. Again, 125 people worldwide, only eight women. Let me tell you, right now the roller skating skate park community is majority women. And we're probably at sixty to 70,000 people wow. now. Wow. That I did not know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great. You listening to the voice of Laurieanne Hernandez, a.k.a. L7, and her exhibition, Writing Inclusive Mobility for All. Opening night is going to be on Friday, March 3rd, 5 p.m. at the Gote Institute LA, which is located at 1901 West 7th Street, Suite A and B in Los Angeles. It's in MacArthur's Park, so you can get there. You can drive. You can 
burn all that gasoline and harm the environment and you, but you get free parking for it. Share share with people. Share with people. Yeah. Take people with you. Yeah. Or when you're stuck in traffic, you can see me going by on the train because <laughs> I'm going over there in the train and then I'm riding from Union Station over to MacArthur Park, which is not a great ride. And it's just, it's short. It's good enough for me. But yeah, all that's going to happen. I want to thank you for coming out here and sharing and talking about your effort and your expressions. I mean, this is power. This is real power. Someone coming from Riverside needed to do this, and that is becoming an international ambassador for women in quad skating. And I understand you're a quad mother. Is that, is that the Soto <laughs> funny again? Uh, I, maybe, but possibly. We'll see. Great. And you can go to skatingismedicine.com for more information all about Al7, the exhibition, about all the gatherings and stuff that's going on. I want to thank you for that. Radio 2050 is part of the Five Sisters Audio Garden Network. You can listen to Radio 2050 every Friday night between 8 and 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on KUCR 88.3 FM or online at KUCR.org. Listen to past episodes of Radio 2050 wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening.